It's October 30th, 2019. Welcome to another edition of Bite Marks Cafe, where we serve you the first bite of today's science, technology, and innovation. I'm Bert Lum. First up, we have Tarek Sultan from Accelerate Hawaii here to tell us about the upcoming 2019 McDonald's Education Workshop. And then we are joined by Carl Chang from Wayside and Roger Morton from the city's Oahu Transit Services to tell us about creating digital signage at bus stops. Now I want to welcome Tarek Sultan from Accelerate Hawaii here to tell us about this uh, 2019 McDonald's Education Workshop. Welcome to the show. Hi, Bert. Super stoked to be here, uh, as always. Always yeah. a pleasure. Well, you know, I always have Omar here, so it's good to have a... Uh, you know the 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 the, the better looking yeah too Sultan bad brother. too bad all the the listeners can't enjoy you yeah. know, how much better looking <laughs> well, I am, we'll put up a photo okay. later on that so works can, that yeah, works yeah. <laughs> so tell me about this uh, uh, education uh, workshop that uh, McDonald's is I guess is, they've been doing it for a while right yeah so they've been doing it for several year several years now um, not one to pitch on behalf of McDonald's but it seems like they do it all across the country mm-hmm. um, they're big on commu- on the community on education on youth etc so this is kind of a natural fit for them and as you know with all the work that we do in terms of the community education etc um, it was a great fit to to partner with McDonald's on bringing this event here to uh, Honolulu Hawaii you know, I was looking at some of the the details around uh, this education workshop, and and I, I got the impression that it was kind of a college prep kind of a workshop. So it's really right. geared to high school kids that maybe are are you know tracking to to go to college. Is that is that correct? So traditionally, I think that's the way that McDonald's has um, approached it. It's it's the college prep type of workshop. Um, to go towards the traditional routes of going to college. Mm -hmm. Um, What we're doing with this is actually kind of um, elaborating on it, if you will, a bit. Um, As you know, College Today is both very different in terms of the costs and the content and the ROI of -hmm. college. And so what we're doing is looking at how is it different today than it has been in um, past generations and what skill sets um, do you need to acquire today to prepare you for the future, no matter what that future looks like as as a youth today. And so while the morning sessions will cover a lot of um, different university representatives, how to prep for college, you know, how to prep for the SATs, what's unique about um, the, the different colleges and universities here. The afternoon sessions will be more tailored towards, um, you know, skill sets of the future, if you will. Mm-hmm. And how are you getting uh, the word out to, to to the students? I mean, is this something that the the DOE is is helping to promote, or are you guys pretty much on your own to to promote it? So we've, uh, in addition to um, Accelerate Hawaii organizing um, this conference, we're also working with Click Now um, towards organization, and we've partnered with our nonprofit partner, Education Incubator, mm-hmm. and they're really um, doing a lot of the work on um, you know the boots on the ground, connecting directly with schools and parents and whatnot. Um, of course, you know the more uh, everyone would like to spread the word, the happier we mm-hmm. are. So mm-hmm. uh, I think it's a great event for parents. Um, for their, you know, any high schooler, but obviously, you know, sophomore juniors getting ready to go to college or ideal, maybe even some seniors that are looking at community colleges as well um, and educators. So, you know, help uh, join in on the conversation and the dialogue that will be happening at this event. How does this workshop differ from, let's say, college counselors that are already in the schools and probably are a resource that students would go to and get advice about college? Right. So it's it's kind of a... Um, you know, what is it in improv? It's a yes and. It's yes, it, it, that will be there, as well as more of the, um, you know, new innovative approaches that uh, folks are taking, as well as kind of considering the pros and cons of college, right? So it's not necessarily every college is right for every single person. Um, the old adage kind of used to be whatever the best college you can get into, um, 
you know, max out your debt like crazy to get in there. Mm -hmm. And that might not necessarily be the best path forward uh, these days for um, the youth today. And so we're covering kind of all of the perspectives that's necessary to set you up for a foundation of future success, not necessarily just the traditional, you know, get into college, the best college you can, and then figure it out later. So ideally, uh, is there a, a profile of student that you would like to attract? And, and how many can you actually accommodate uh, yeah. in this workshop? So we're looking for uh, hundreds of, of students and parents to, to come, right? So our goal is uh, several hundred students um, and parents. Um, there is no ideal, right? That's, that's, that's actually the whole point, is that um, there is no one um, one-size-fits-all type of approach to, to advice. And so therefore, we're covering all of these different types of perspectives from experts, from uh, folks in the university, from folks in the workforce towards, you know, what is the, how to better prepare yourself for the future. Who's going to be the, uh, let's say, the speakers or the, the, the people leading the workshop? Right. So we have representatives from all the major um, college and universities um, here locally in Hawaii. We also have folks like, you know, Accelerate Hawaii and mm-hmm. Education Incubator that will be giving some talks. Um, folks from the community colleges. So a little bit of everything. We have some um you know, uh, a panel that's focused on those those future skill sets as well as STEM will have hopefully some students involved to give their firsthand account of what it was like for them transitioning to college. Um, we also have a couple of, you know, online influencers that have a, a pretty big um, following and celebrity appeal. So uh, happy to announce, you know, oh, sure, yeah. for the first time ever, one of those uh, influencers, it'll be Stephen Lem. He is uh, best known for the creator, as the creator and host of the hit show Worth It. It's on its sixth season right now on BuzzFeed. It's become one of the most watched shows on YouTube, generating over 740 million uh, video views to date. So pretty excited to have him um, come and, join and share his story about uh, Post High. And he is he here in Hawaii? He will be um, for the event, which oh, okay, is, by okay, the way, okay. I haven't mentioned. Yeah, it's on, at uh, when, where, you yeah, know? It's on Saturday, November 23rd at Aloha Tower. Okay, and where can people sign up to uh, to join in on this workshop? Sure. So we have an Eventbrite link, but probably the easiest thing for everyone to remember right now is to just go to AccelerateHawaii.com, but that's spelled like a vanity plate. Yeah, so it's yeah. X-L-R-8-H-I.com. And then from there, um, I think one of the first banner images that pop up is the 2019 McDonald's Workshop. Uh, education workshop, and you can click there and sign up right there through our website. Well, sounds good. And I'll put that up on our show notes uh, at bitemarscafe.org for later on tonight. Uh, thanks, Tarek, for joining us. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, we'll take a short break. And when we return, we'll be joined by Carl Chang and Roger Morton to talk about enabling up-to-the-minute status of buses. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, whose contributors help Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to the St. Andrew Schools, which includes the Priory School for Girls, the Prep for Boys, and Queen Emma Preschool. What first got me started was actually my parents. It was just daily morning routine when we were eating breakfast to listen to Morning Edition every day. Eventually, when I grew older, that became even more important to me. If I moved to a new location, I could always find NPR on the local station. And that would sort of be my link to that regular news stream. Member-supported Hawaii Public Radio. Radio with vision. Listen and see. Welcome back to Bite Marks Cafe. I'm glad to welcome Carl Chang and Roger Morton. Carl is the founder of Waysign. And, of course, some might also know him as the co-founder of Verifone. Roger Morton is the chief executive officer for the Oahu Transit Services, which is also referred to as the bus. 
Welcome to Bite Marks Cafe. Well, thanks, Bert. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, no, this is great. Now, I will start with you, uh, Roger, and give me a little bit of uh, the backstory to how this this sort of sign started. Because, you know, I actually remember getting sitting in a meeting. This was probably like back in, I don't know, 2013 or 14. I think Carl was there, and they were talking about this sort of prototype. Give us a little bit of that history. Ooh. Well, we had we wanted to do signs uh, in some of our transit centers, and we put in our Middle Street Transit Center. We wanted to put signs in there, and we did, but we spent a lot of money. We put in large, uh, you know, liquid crystal or liquid uh, plasma TVs, and mm-hmm. they had to be uh, wired, and they had to have trenches, and they had to have communications, and all in all, it turned out to be a real expensive proposition. And I knew Carl; I've known Carl for many, many years. Uh, and so I, I approached him, and I and I, I said, you know, Carl, there's got to be a market out there for someone who comes up with a a no glitch sign that doesn't need wires and easy to do. And we talked uh, on and off for a couple of months, uh, and you know that was that was the that was I think the beginning of the the idea of WaySign. So Carl, you're a hardware guy. So you got Mar- uh, Roger here. He's you know he's sort of putting the seed in your head to to do this sign. I mean, did did you think ah you know this is no problem? I can I can do this. What well, well, how did you take on that challenge? Well, you know, I think it was a challenge. It was interesting, and that uh, we figured that in order to get it to be working uh, as a system, you really have to do it reach economy of scale, mm-hmm. and also making sure it's what people wanted. So it took a little doing to build up the prototypes, and we found some of the bugs in it, and then we kept on going at it because I'm one of those guys who hate to lose out when I do something I think is good. I want to always try to do the best I can. So when did the, when did the first prototype actually get installed? Well, almost like uh, during the time you heard the last time. Uh-huh. That's we installed actually about 20 of them. It was paid for by Ulopono, who actually c- came up with the c- cash uh for us to do it. This was back in in what year? 20 f- I mean it's, for me it's things that just move so fast it was I can't a blur. Remember. It was a blur. It was a blur. <laughs> I would say it has to be roughly um 2013 okay, or so. Okay. Okay. Because the that's the year after we actually kept books on the New company now, now Roger. You know, I <clears throat> I remember having you on the show because we actually, uh, you know, back in the olden days. I mean, we had a hackathon. I think it was in 2011. It was called City Camp, and one of the few data sets that were available was via the bus API. Well, it wasn't available then, but at that hackathon, uh, I ran into a city worker, Andy Andy Yip, uh, and uh, he, uh, you know, we talked about doing that over overnight and. Uh, and I said, yeah, we we can probably make that data available, uh, and uh, we did, and we published a, a feed for mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the interesting thing, Bert, is that we uh, we now have over 100 subscribers who who registered with us and use our our uh, use our data uh, in various applications. Uh, Carl is one. But we have we have worldwide uh, information dispensers on transit. We have, of course, Google Transit. We have Apple. Uh, so we have a lot of a lot of big players that mm-hmm. also use our app, uh, and we freely make this available at no cost 
but we do require people to register, tell us what they're going to use it for, and we throttle them down in case there's a mistake with their software. So was there was there actual uh City workers that helped to develop the API. I thought the API came from the system that the bus had well, already uh, acquired. Our folks uh, developed the API internally, uh, and we had a before uh, we had an internal app that we called Hea. We still have it, mm-hmm. uh, and that was the that was an internal uh, one. So after the hackathon, we decided we would make this data available to developers. Uh, who had a had a who wanted to use it and see what would happen and that's what that's when that's when uh, the city app was developed uh, called Dabas D A B U S and that's still a great app I love that app but there are probably twenty or so mainstream apps that now uh, publish our data mm-hmm. now Carl when when you first put the prototypes uh, up were there any let's say Lessons learned, or, or what was it that you realized that perhaps these prototypes needed to be improved? Well, it was clear to me that since the display were at the early days, in order to save power, we used something looking like the old Timex liquid crystal display, black and white. What we found out is that if we put it out at the bus stop, people don't notice it. You know, they, is they, that because uh, black and white is just not something that stands out? People are, I would say that I learned this back in college mm-hmm. in psychology. Mm-hmm. People are phototrophic like all living things. They like bright lights. And the thing is, if you don't have bright lights, it'd be a TV set or something like that, if it's just black print, black and white print, uh-huh. they sort of let it pass their head. They just don't even see it. So the, it, it didn't really kind of get people's attention. Oh, some people noticed it, but... It's not automatic. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you have something that's bright, it's moving, their eyes attract to it, and they instinctively go, go for it. Just like in, uh, they found in Kickstarter, anything with LED in it, they got funded. That was something... Okay, so so how did you? Okay, so when you had your original display, did mm-hmm. you get feedback from people that said... I didn't even know it was there. I mean, how did you determine? Absolutely. Oh. We had a surveyor. We had people looking at it. And we even counted, you know, had some surveys from the uh, from Roger's side to figure out if there's any, any change in ridership and all these things. We did, sign, hopefully, scientific survey. Mm-hmm. And we found out that's one of the more important things that was pointed out. And one of the person who was in charge of the in the city about these street signs, he flat out came out and said, you need lights. And he's right. So uh, were you able to modify those prototypes, or did you have to kind of like take them down and start all over again? I mean, what was the the engineering process? It was a rather dramatic engineering practice. These LEDs, the bright lights, mm-hmm. uses a lot of electricity, mm-hmm. and that we don't have much solar panel or battery power, and it has to work. You you got to consider these signs got to work seven twenty four three hundred sixty five, not just like that airplane which got a lot of mileage for going around the world, and solar panels. Those things only fly when there's sunlight. Mm-hmm. We had to fly whether there's sunlight or there's no sunlight. You know, you know, cl- cloudy days mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. bad weather and all that stuff. So we have to make sure. There's enough power to make it really bright during daylight, and it wills enough power to keep it through long, dark nights in the winter. Mm-hmm. 
So, Roger, I mean, th- did you have a period of time for this prototype to actually be tested out? Yeah, it was about a six-month period, as I recall. At least, yes. Uh, and and we had, uh, you know, it was a it was an early model that we had, uh, and I did I kind of lost track of it for about four years, and then. Carl, uh, we we communicated, and he said, "Hey, you got to see this new model." And I brought it down to he brought it down to our staff meeting, and our our, our folks at the bus just loved it. Mm-hmm. Uh, he added uh, features such as ADA compliable, uh, uh, you know, ADA features to it. Uh, it is he, he has uh, the opportunity to put emergency messaging on it, uh, and and mostly my staff, uh, you know, can can install it on an existing pole. Without having to put power or or any kind of wiring to it, which is which is unusual in this business. There are other signs, uh, other transit signs that are available, uh, but uh, this one is specifically designed so that it can be installed easily by existing staff. And and so what you're saying is that it's pretty self-contained. Absolutely. I mean, the cost of a sign is the purchasing the sign, obviously, but there's also costs of installing and maintaining the sign. Mm-hmm. And that's the kind of things that I think agencies look for is to, how, can you know, okay, i got to put out some money to buy it, but what's it going to cost me to install it? What's it going to cost me to maintain it? Uh, and, and those are, are things that have been built in, particularly in the, in the current production model. Those are, those are features that are very well thought out. Now, Carl, uh, what Roger just said, was that the prototype lasted six months, and then he kind of lost track of it for four years. Mm. What was happening be- in that four-year window? What happened is that we found— I mean, you the, weren't sitting on his shoulders and saying, hey, well, you know, when no. are you going to you know, activate this, this project and make it real? Well, first of all, the first early adopters are mostly in California, as we, we suspect was the case. So we found some early adopters over there who were willing to try it out, even though it wasn't perfect. Oh. And, and then on top of that, but this industry, like any government agencies that handle these things, tend to be somewhat conservative about new vendors and new, uh, new products because, even in California, because, hey, many of the company don't survive and the product may not work. So as a consequence, this very difficult to even win the trust of the buyer or even the society. So as we found out that I did find out a way to basically put the LED bright bright lights on the sign, and since we were practically the only people that's doing it, and when we put it out there, there was interest, but they want to make sure it works. They should make sure our company even exists. So it's a really, really tough hold. Yeah, so, okay, so I I do want to hear this piece of the story that gets you into the L.A. market because I think that's probably where you have the lion's share of installs at this moment, At this moment. So so hold that thought. We'll be right back after this short break to continue our conversation with Carl Chang and Roger Morton about real-time information displays. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributors Locations, Haleakala Waldorf School, and Honolulu Waldorf School. Welcome back. This is Bite Marks Cafe. I'm Bert Lum, and if you're just joining us, we're talking to Carl Chang, 
from Wayside and Roger Morton from OTS or Oahu Transit Services about real-time information displays that are happening at the bus stops. And, of course, right before the break, we were talking to Carl about how this four-year window kind of uh, got uh, perhaps the L.A. market interested and some of the lessons learned from the prototype were implemented and then installed in L.A. So, Carl, how did you... How did you get the interest of L.A.? Because like you were saying before the break, the, you know, they had to, you had to prove out that your company was going to be around. You had to prove out that this technology was, in fact, uh, ready for prime time. And to do this in another market that's bigger than, than Honolulu, I mean, how did, you, how did you go and reach that, overcome that hurdle? Actually, it sort of came to, to us because a consultant to the LA DOT was liked our product, and they basically asked the LA DOT to take a flyer and try to put the system on their called the dash system downtown. Basically, they want to have the buses to move all the time. They want to keep their customer really happy to tell them when the next bus is coming. Mm-hmm. So they basically fa- wanted to have something that they can put onto the dash system that would implement this without having to lay he- heavy AC power lines mm-hmm. and communication lines. Mm-hmm. And we had a solution which allowed us to just pop it onto the thing, pop, pop onto their poles and it will work. So they went ahead and basically started off with Twenty, and then it went to never really that big amount, you know, like uh, a hundred or so e- eventually. So uh, what happened is that they were very patient and they tried it, and their customer liked it. Even we we didn't have LEDs at that time. So during that time, I basically put in the LED system, and then I found there's a huge amount of interest on the part of almost all the system integrators, the big boys, they say they really like to see a sign that is as bright and prominent as the head sign in the bus, like the ones you see the bus. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so I w- ran around with that thing for a while, and people say they're interested. Then they said, where's your API? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the thing is that I said, what API? <laughs> so what I'm t- trying to say is it took us a little while to get the API Working, well, well, okay. So in LA, did they? Did I mean, did they have an API so that your sign could now display the information as a well, result of the? What happened is that they, we had to get a feed mm-hmm. from them, which has come from a company called Synchromatics, which is now one of our biggest customers. Their system integrator, they gave us a feed, which we then have to write a, the API to connect to it, to our unit, and that we played around with this and made it work better and better. And then later on, we were able to export all that software and capability, network capability with new LED signs. When the LED signs came in, it became even more popular. But still, there's still considerable hesitance, hesitancy on many people to get into this. So in in the case of LA, did they did they have to come out with an RFP and you had to respond to that? And you know, I mean, all the, all the government agencies they have procurement, right? N- normally, yes. I think somebody may have bent the rule to make it work better because the consultant basically put the first pro- prototype in 
It's part of a consultant study contract. And that, you know, that's that how it got That helped started. to kind of pave the way to, to make it. Yeah, basically get... it became a non-bid operation. Okay, okay. okay. Now, now, what is it about your technology that, um, let's say, is, is, is maybe proprietary or maybe – because if, if some – uh, let's say uh, entrepreneurial person were to look at this and say, "Oh, I could, I could build this, and I could go into maybe the Chicago market or the Denver market." Is there something about your design that only Wayside can produce? Well, kind of, because mostly is that we have taken every seg- segment of the business, business and design, optimized it, because I always had a model of designing things to be better. Cheaper, faster, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. now the problem most people say take two, because you can't do all three. And what I always try to do all three, mm-hmm. and the mm-hmm. things when because anybody who dramatically break the market successfully historically they did all three. Now, now Roger, okay, so <clears throat> Carl is uh, uh, breaking into the LA market. He's got you know a few hundred signs out there. Uh, you know, I think that's a pretty good. Milestone for a local company. What is it that got Waysign on the radar so that so that they could do something in in, in Honolulu? Well, again, Carl, you know, we he told me that he had uh, developed an improved model, and uh, we had a meeting and looked at the signs, uh, both uh, my staff and some city staff, uh, and everyone was impressed, uh, and and so we decided to actually go out and buy some uh, this time. Mm-hmm. First time was a top pilot program. We went, Now we're real customers, uh, and we have uh, five up right now. Those those will be evaluated, but they're in the margin of, of uh, where they are. Be- they become almost like a, they're less than some bus parts, I mean, to uh, to do that. So they're, they're not in the scheme of things. They're not uh, extremely uh Unaffordable. Mm-hmm. So we're looking at a few things. One of them that we're looking at is is electric buses and the way we would operate electric buses. And it's interesting too. We're going to have the same is problem. We have energy budgets. We have range issues and all of those things. So one of the concepts that we're testing now is a is a dynamic scheduling system for our frequent services, and that that really makes it best when we have information signs because we're going to actually depart from a published schedule. And we're going to go with just uh, a bus is going to come in four minutes, a bus is going to come in nine minutes uh, as as a model for our frequent services. We're doing it on our Route 8 in Waikiki, and we're doing it on our Route 2 now in, in on along School Street. So uh, that's also – I'm very proud of the efforts that we're making. We're really the first in the country that are, are really trying this, but we have a lot of big companies on the mainland that are following us. But the key to that is is bringing all of these things together, modern communications – so we can actually track the buses with precision, uh, hardware such as the the Wayside that can make use of it, uh, and and others and you know electric buses. Uh, a lot of these things just all have to come together in, and I think that we're seeing a convergence right now of all of these different technologies that have really only been able to, we've only been able to use these for really the last six or seven years as we get four G now soon to be five G. Uh, and we're able to get more uh, more precision on u- on using this type of technology. So, Carl, real quick in the last uh, few seconds, uh, where are you actually thinking of expanding from L.A., Honolulu, where else? We have expanded to Canada, and the the firm that uh, one of the world's biggest firms is thinking about taking us to Europe, and that we 
have definitely technically looked at other continents and countries. Where can people find out more about the way sign? Well, we have a somewhat obsolete website <laughs> called uh, WaySign LLC. Okay. And Sounds good. I'll put that up on our show notes for later on tonight. Carl Chang is the founder of WaySign, and Roger Morton is the CEO of Oahu Transit Services. I want to thank you both for joining us tonight. Thanks, Bert. Enjoy. Thanks for having us. Thank you. And thank you for listening to Bite Mars Cafe. Join us next week when we will learn how students are leading the way to better understand the environment through Aina Informatics. If you missed any part of this edition, you can find the podcast of tonight's show on bitemarkscafe.org. If you have any comments or suggestions, feel free to email me at bitemarks at gmail.com. You can also find me on Twitter. I'm at bitemarks. Our engineer is David Chong. You can catch us on HPR One every Wednesday or anytime via the HPR app, iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. You stay awesome, and we'll see you next week on another edition of Bite Marks Cafe. Oh, I-